America's Homegrown Veggie Show. My name is Kate Copsey and I am the host of the show. You can contact me from my webpage, katecopsey.com or through America's Web Radio Station site. This morning, we are going to talk with Helen Yost about plants with benefits. Good morning, Helen. Good morning, Kate. Yes, and I guess your new book is called Plants Plants with Benefits, and these are not just the, the healthy benefits, but they're the aphrodisiac type of benefits. So how did a fine lady like you find yourself <laughs> writing about these types of benefits? Well, it, it, it is a little bit different. And, and what um, what good health is an aphrodisiac? So, you know, it really all they all go hand in hand. But it was kind of an accident. It wasn't um, my first thought. I was going to do benefits, but for the wildlife, because I'm a wildlife um, habitat grower. But I got to talking with my publisher, Paul Kelly, and, you know, the more that we developed it, the more it was, let's take it. You know, the, the name is fun. Let's make it all the way, go all the way through with it. Make it fun instead of friends with benefits. It's plants with benefits. And what would fit that would be the aphrodisiac plants. But I really didn't know that there was a book there. I said, well, let me look into this a little bit. And I started with the avocado. I was working on another story about avocados. And I said, gee, I wonder if this is an aphrodisiac. And sure enough, it was. But then I couldn't figure out why it was an aphrodisiac. I, I, I didn't know it to be one. I knew it was a healthy food. And I also then learned the Aztecs viewed it as an aphrodisiac for thousands of years. I couldn't tell. You know, I see it on the grocery store shelves. It's, you know, and there's a couple kinds, and you're smooth or bumpy. I said, one doesn't look particularly attractive. I didn't know if it was because of the pear shape or if it, when you cut it inside, was it the seed? Was it the indent that left the seed? You know, what was it that got people aroused by this fruit? And then I learned that we don't have the benefit of seeing it growing in the wild, if you will, or growing naturally. And the Aztecs, of course, did. And they dubbed it more than 2,000 years ago. They called it the testicle tree. Oh. <laughs> the, the avocados grow in pairs. And it was so feared by the Aztec culture that they would hide their virgin daughters inside during harvest for fear that the uh, the um, field hands would be interested in their daughters. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and that led a whole different discovery, the beginning of a discovery that is still going on today for me of, of plants and then how people viewed them and why and what made it. So, and what was the stories behind it and the history behind it? And and it's, it was a lot of fun to write. And I would think that sometimes um, that there are particular reasons why a maybe a particular plant or the biology of the the plant may maybe made made it um, useful uh, to to people in that way. Like chocolate, for instance, is supposed yeah. to be. Um, so, is it mainly based on kind of a chemistry and how that reacts with um, the human being, or or does it work on yeah. on animals as well? Well, yes and yes. And um, there were four main categories that led a plant to come to the book. Um, the first being shape. It was a, it was, if its shape is suggestive, 
then there was this kind of procreation, natural response within humans to um, to be aroused, and it's all, it was all part of the, the big plan, if you will. Um, so the banana, of course, is the um, poster child for that, and every person from 14 to 94 will have a sophomore joke when they see the banana. You know, it's just one of these things. My kids do it. I, I do it. You know, so it's really it's really kind of funny, but it, it is the shape. And also scent. Lavender is a good example of the scent. The second category that I led the um, plant to be in the book is hormones. There are several plants that actually mimic human hormones, um, such as uh, um Dates have uh, um, estrogen and progesterone um, characteristics that mimic human hormones and are known to increase arousal. The third is heat, um, and so the brain chemistry is actually um, causing the your body to be in a receptive mode. So. Uh, foods like um, cayenne pepper, that, the, the Aztecs were very big on adding cayenne pepper to hot chocolate for an arousal. Um, Montezuma drank 50 cups of hot chocolate with cayenne pepper every day just to keep up his virility. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it's one of those kinds of um, um, kind of heat and dust inducer to make the body receptive. Or uh-huh. procreation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and, do, and then, do, do most of these go back kind of almost to the Egyptians or were they more of Victoriana yes. type of thing? Yes, from, from, from recorded history, we have evidence that people were using certain plants for aphrodisiacs. And Kate, the fourth thing is just overall health. And just about any plant probably could have been in the category, been put in the book if it was just based on health. But I only chose plants that had a rich history in these plants being used as an aphrodisiac. For for example, arugula. Arugula was you know, quoted by early physicians in the Roman and Greek times, and so it you know it became part of the book. But um, other plants, just because they were healthy, didn't necessarily become part of the book. And and it's the um, it's the plants themselves that you that you wrote about. But for instance, um, I know that there are some herbs like um, borage, which is um, supposed to be a herb of, of courage and things like that, particularly with the the gentleman. Um, but they used to used to serve it. They used to put the borage in the beer. And of course, it wasn't the beer the, the borage that was giving them the, the courage to go upstairs. It was the the beer itself. So, did you find right. controversies like? that with other things um i'm trying to think most of my examples were all very specific so they weren't really in combination of something other than say cayenne and chocolate where each individually was considered an aphrodisiac and two together it was something that you know had twice the power kind of if you will um mine was more mine is really more based on um well, this like again the suggestion, or or for another great example is almonds. Almond is based on a suggestion of scent. The scent causes arousal in females, 
and it's traditionally used. What do you, what do you know of uh, wedding cakes? They tend to have an almond flavor. I mean, it's, traditionally, it's always been almond. Almond branches were hung, hung on the um, bedpost of newlywed couples. It was okay. meant to um, cause procreation, make you receptive and happy and do what you're supposed to do and have more children and kind of keep civilization going. So we see some of these histories today, and no one really even questions, why almond? Why is my wedding cake almond? It's nice. We love it. It tastes great. But it, it has a long history um, with the Romans and the Greeks in particular that started that. And, and so folk, folks, I guess, that don't like the marzipan on the outside are kind of doing themselves a disservice then. Yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> I have, that's one of my favorite scents is um, almonds. And it was like, I'm, when I'm doing the research of the book, I'm going, well, gee, no wonder I like this so much. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, you know, and I, I would imagine that, um, I mean, if, if somebody, somebody maybe tried, I mean, obviously these have been tried and tested for, for many years, but is it, is it some of it maybe just making you um, a more healthy, robust person and giving you energy rather than being lethargic from poor foods or poor diet? Well, it's, it is true, and it, that's some of the things that we learned in hindsight. You know, in hindsight we know... And the avocado is just a very, very good food for you. Um, they didn't have the benefit of knowing what we know today. Um, they were just assuming, you know, hey, this shape is caused us to have arousal. And, you know, what really came first, you know, the avocado or the egg? <laughs> so um, it turns out that, it, you know, there was a link in, you know, we what, that suggestion, again, uh, in the whole bigger picture, was put in place to make you attracted to it. And then, of course, it's a good food for you. The same with the cucumber. Cucumber is another one. It's a very suggestive shape, obviously. But it's a very, very good plant for you, well, rich in vitamins. And, um, and it also, um, a lot of the plants, particularly the warming agent ones, reduce heart um Stress and causes the body to relax, and all of that puts the body in a receptive mode. So, a kind of um, good comes from all of it in an indirect way. Yeah. Celery is another one. Celery is a, an interesting one, I thought, because it's been cultivated for over 3,000 years, and the, um, the Greeks used to use it you know, to decorate their uh, headdresses when they would do. Um, sporting events and games. It was very, very revered uh, to show virility. Um, and Casanova was known to eat celery on a regular basis to stimulate his libido. It was really important to him. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. yeah, so so all, all these. I, I guess the Ro the Romans must have known something. Um, yeah, uh, yes. I think they did, and we now know that it, celery is packed with um, phthalate, which is um, it's capable of dilute, uh, diluting blood vessels, and it improves circulation, and then, of course, improving circulation helps the body all the way around. And so, you know, it's a cause and effect that. Um, we know now why it's happening, but they just viewed it as a, a sign from God, if you will, or the gods, I guess, in their mind that this is, um, you know, causing arousal, and so we're supposed to be doing something with this, when in reality it's just a good food for you. 
Yeah, and and so I guess with it com- coming down down the line, did any of them maybe um, change um, from from one one side to the 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 other? Um, you know, if you've got because uh, I know there are a lot of. Um, I guess there are a lot of myths out there as well. Um, I mean, yeah. the, the medieval used to take take down. There were some very educated people, um, but they, they were still pro- producing things that would maybe stop um, may, may, maybe dragons and things. Um, right, you, right, you know, right. and, and I'm sure they didn't see too many dragons, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but they thought they did. Maybe that was after all that beer. <laughs> Well, you know, I think I think on on that note, we might go for our first commercial break. Um, but everybody will be back with Helen Yost talking all about these plant benefits um, on America's homegrown veggies, and we will be back in just a moment. Quick steaks, that's Q U I K steaks, are not just for surveyors; they are great for family and community gardens. Go online to www.quicksteak.com or contact your local land surveying supply dealer and get you a box of quick steaks. You'll love them every year when you plant your garden. Again, that's quick steaks. Q U I K steaks, the truly preferred way to stake and identify what's in your garden now. Membership. Are you an IHC member? Access to the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism's breaking news, industry trends, expert blogs, and networking with IHC's industry-wide member community. IHC membership puts you at the focal point of the dynamic health and benefit industry, allowing you to join the conversation and collaborate with industry stakeholders and your peers. Your IHC membership includes a subscription to Healthcare Consumerism Solutions Magazine, Healthcare Exchange Solutions Magazine, annual publications Healthcare Solutions Superstars, and Healthcare Solutions Outlook, a free white paper, and much more. Sign up as a free IHC member or $99 premium IHC member today at www.theihcc.com. That's www.theihcc.com. This is Dr. Susan Blank, Medical Director for the Atlanta Healing Center. Our team is able to offer a multitude of treatment options, such as quantitative EEG, also known as brain mapping, hormonal and nutritional assessments, neuropsychological testing, and cognitive therapy, along with traditional 12-step facilitation. And we can even offer you, if appropriate, a gentle medically managed detox. Please contact us at 770-696-9862. This is America's WebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back to America's Homegrown Veggie Show. Remember, you can catch up with us on Facebook at America's Homegrown Veggies. And if you miss any shows, you can find them on AmericasWebRadio.com webpages. You can find them on iTunes and you can find them on Stitches too. Um, and this morning we are talking about plants with benefits with Helen Yost. And we talked a little about, well, particularly the, um, I, I guess the aphrodisiac type um and so i guess there are a lot of myths out there helen as much as ones that actually came down and were tried and and tested um so we've we've talked about things like um chocolate for instance i mean does that affect females more than it does males or is it a unisex type thing most of these reactions chocolate is more for the female it um 
there were studies that were done to show uh, sexual arousal just by eating chocolate. So you don't even need a partner for that one. (laughs) (laughs) Give me the chocolate. <laughs> oh, so so yeah, so we we can have chocolate and we can give it to the guys quite happily. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. And and so I mean, they I go they go about our merry way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, you know, and I know that the. I suppose it depends on which side of the fence you're on. Um, there's there's a herb out there called southernwood, which is an artemisia. And I know that that was known, um, particularly in the Middle Ages, I think these started. It was called Lad's Love because it, it I guess the, the, um, I guess the, the stuff in it make, makes kind of dark facial hair or, or whatever to make them look more mature. But it was also uh-huh. called Ladies' Ruin. Um, so, you know, I guess it depends on which, which side you are as to which name you'd give it. Um, that's exactly right. And that's, it's really funny when you think about that. Or where you are, you know, if you are, if you have 10 kids and you don't want an 11th, <laughs> you're going to stay away from the art of Museum. <laughs> And I know, I know Artemisia is a very large family, so, you know, to have a few colorful ones. But are there others out, out there that you've found, you know, that, that maybe are not, um, don't have any evidence, but people still associate it with um, an, an aphrodisiac, like strawberries, for instance? Well, yeah, one in particular is uh, licorice. Um, licorice had always been considered an aphrodisiac, but a study that was done recently by the New England Journal of Medicine found that the root that you make a tea from, which is, has a lot of other benefits for you, actually has the opposite effect. But then there was another study that was done by the Smell and Taste Clinic in Chicago, and the scent and licorice-based foods, a candy, and in particular, um, the Good and Plenty um, licorice candy, actually increased arousal in men by 13%. So, so it was just based on the scent. I go back back to the very first uh, category where we talked about suggestion and scent as a suggestion. But now, get this. I mean, this is how easy the the men are. I guess if you combine um, uh, good and plenty licorice with donuts, it increased it by forty (laughs) percent. Okay, I can see people taking notes on this. There's a whole new meaning to the hot donuts now uh, at Krispy Kreme, you know. I'll take some good and plenty on the side, too, please. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so, that, so that was one. Another another curious one was the papaya. And the papaya comes into play in a lot of different ways. But what they found was is that a green papaya, one that wasn't right, um, had the opposite effect. And then one that was had the aphrodisiac effect. Um, but when you cut open a papaya, they're very interesting inside because they're you know, multi-seeds, sort of like the um, pomegranate is another great example of multiple seeds. And it was believed for more than 5,000 years, evidence to show that the more seeds a plant produces and you eat it, the more seeds the man is going to produce. Um during sex, and so uh, um, King Henry VIII was a great example, and I, I don't know if you've ever seen the show The Tudor, but there's a scene in there where he's getting ready to bed his mistress, 
And first thing he does, he's got, you know, his whole staff and everybody behind him, and he's, you know, cutting open a um, pomegranate. He is getting, putting himself in a receptive mood. He absolutely believed this is what was going to happen. So it was purely visual. We la- later learned that it's a good um, food for you, and it does have benefits, but it wasn't because it has multiple seeds. But that's just what they believed at the time. Well, so sometimes I guess mind over matter works. Um, it is. I mean, it can. And, you know, certainly the, certainly the book isn't written for anybody who is dysfunctional in you know, several ways, but it's more for, you know, to put a light um, twist on things and the communication with one another. And then just, um, to me, I when I wrote the book, it, it, it really came down to a conversation and a conversation about plants and, and the avocado say, you know, you're going to, you're going to look at an avocado differently from now on. I guarantee it. You'll be at a party reaching in for the guacamole dip and you're going to say, Hey, did you know that the apes and aspects, you know, viewed this as the testicle tree and you know, you, it's a conversation starter. And I hope that the people find the book filled with stories that they can talk about. Um, lavender is a great example. I, I love the lavender, and it's one of the highest arousals for women and men. Hmm. Um, and uh, the Smell and Taste Clinic as well did a study with lavender in combination with pumpkin, and it increased arousal by 40%. But Cleopatra believed in it so much that she doused herself with um, the scent before she brought Mark Anthony and Julius Caesar to heal. She believes this was part of her charm and part of her power. And by all evidence, she was not particularly a sexy woman or even an attractive woman, but she um, had supreme intellect, and we all know how beautiful that is. But she also just felt like she had the power and the confidence. And so, um, in, in part, it was lavender. She also bathed in saffron saffron also made the list because you know, each of the little stamens has a, a very um suggestive look and so she thought that helped as well mm-hmm. oh. yeah, not, she used yes. that one too so, i mean you know, i don't know how many stamens she had to use i think there's seventy thousand in the pound course if you're a pharaoh <laughs> <laughs> have all have the benefit of that but but there are a lot of herbs that you can use in the bath that are a little bit more plentiful that are have been used for millennium including mint mint in the bathtub and basil in the bathtub basil dried the aspects would take basil dry it and then rub their skin with it to make them more attractive because the scent is so powerful and um causes arousal in men huh. well I, I i guess if uh you know if you like that type of thing in a, in a bathtub i guess that would be fine um and why not and why not have it in the tub when you know when you think about it they're very very refreshing scents. yeah um, um and uh, I, you know but but i know lavender for instance though is is usually one of the first scents that a, a, a little girl 
is given because it also um, has the, the, the connotation of innocence and clean and, and whatever. Um, so that, that's kind of an interesting one. I, I don't think I'd heard that because as I say, I, I associate it with, um, with the innocence of little girls. Um, I guess we've just pushed that one out the window. <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe maybe it's from the happiness of being a child and carrying it forward. I don't know. It's so, you know, it's one of the most popular, of course, linen sprays and scents and sachets for your drawer. I mean, it's a it's a very refreshing smell. And during the smell and taste clinic, when they found this forty percent arousal of lavender and pumpkin, they also measured that against cheese pizza, which was only 5%. So, <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> I, yeah, so now you know to put lavender and pumpkin seed on your cheese pizza. <laughs> or or may, maybe just quit the sto- soggy pizza altogether. <laughs> but, were, but were all these things very widely known, or were they kind of just held um, may, maybe by royalty that, um, you know, want, wanted to procreate along the way? No, it was um, it, down to the workers, you know, the field hands, and, you know, the Aztecs, back to the Aztecs and the, and the avocado. These are, these are just the field hands coming in, like our migrant workers today would come in and um, work the fields and then move on to the next. So it was it's widely known. And when you think about it, when, um, when nature is having an effect on scent or, or shape, it's it 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 knows no you know demographics. It's just it it's it is and should be there. I mean, I can re- I can remember there were one of my daughters. She was only thirteen at the time. Friend came over and I didn't know her well, but she she said, "You know, I've never eaten a banana." So I said, "Okay, we'll have one." Didn't think anything of it. Next thing I know, she's playing with the banana like, "Oh wow, look at this!" You know what I'm thinking. <laughs> Do, does every person do this? What does she see? I'm embarrassed. You know, what is, you know, where I, I don't even know where to take this. But then I started laughing thinking, well, it is clearly the poster child for suggestion of an aphrodisiac plant. And it is. And so, um, you know, nobody put that in her head. It's just she sees it and has an association and there you go. <laughs> well, I guess I guess te- teenagers, particularly, um, you know, they they will try almost anything. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> you're right. Yeah. But I, you know, it's funny that she planted the seed all by herself. I didn't yeah. have to help her. <laughs> oh, bless her. <laughs> I, I, and I guess it's a wonderful talking point, um, as you as you mentioned. You know, when, when you've got all these different foods in front of you, um, you know, to um, to experiment with. Um, but but bananas, particularly, I mean, they didn't come across Europe until um, probably the twentieth century. So I, I guess that must be a fairly new connotation for it, purely on the shape. Well, yeah, and, you know, you're, you're bringing up a very good point. It's obviously going to be very region, regional. So, you know, whereas you got lavender, and that's kind of in Eurasia and, and the Greeks and the Romans and all that Mediterranean area, where it wasn't necessarily going to be an influence um, in South America part in the Aztecs. They were, you know, concentrating on more of the things that were local in their areas as well. So 
Yeah. I mean, so how it crossed the line is t- is an indication that there and, is something. And I guess everybody found what what they what they needed. But you know, we need to take another quick commercial break here. Um, but I want to remind everyone: you're listening to America's Homegrown Veggie Show, and we'll be back with more about plants with these special benefits with Helen Yost. Um, we will be right back. This is Cheryl Linker, host of the Master Gardener Hour on America's Web Radio, Saturday morning at 11 o'clock. Join us as we keep things fun and interesting as we educate you in the world of master gardening. Quick Stakes, that's Q-U-I-K Stakes, are not just for surveyors. They are great for family and community gardens. Go online to www.quickstake.com or contact your local land surveying supply dealer and get you a box of Quick Stakes. You'll love them every year when you plant your garden. Again, that's Quick Stakes, Q-U-I-K Stakes. The truly preferred way to stake and identify what's in your garden now. This is Dr. Elena George with your health tip of the day. Did you know that algae season in Georgia is year-round? Beginning in July through November, ragweed is the predominant pollen. But February through May, tree pollen causes algae symptoms. Grass pollen occurs from mid-May through the beginning of July. If you suffer from daily nasal congestion sneezing, runny nose, headache, ear clogging, or popping, or a chronic cough, these symptoms may be due to allergy and not infection. You should also think of allergies if there is no fever, chills, or colored mucus. Treatment should include nasal salt water sprays over the counter or any histamines that do not cause drowsiness. If you have persistent headaches, a decrease in your sense of smell, or nosebleeds, you should see an ear, nose, and throat physician. Please join me on Wednesdays at 9 a.m. for Medicine on Call. This is Dr. Elena George. Hi, I'm Paisley McDonald, and I'd like to invite you to listen to my show, At Home with Paisley, every week, Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, for practical advice and stylish living for your home and office. This is America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. You're back listening to America's Homegrown Veggie Show. I am the host of the show, Kate Copsey, and this morning we are talking about plants with benefits with Helen Yost. And Helen, we talked about some of the histories and the people that used them in the pla- in the past. And um, so let's move on to um, maybe some of the evidence that they actually do work. Um, were there any that um, were that surprised you, that had an element of truth to them? Yes, I guess um, one of the big ones for me was garlic, um, because it's it's referred to as the stinking rose. And, you know, garlic is one of those things, if you have it and your partner doesn't, it's it's very unattractive. But if you both have it, it's a very strong stimulant. And it's so strong that um, then and now Tibetan monks are forbidden to eat it because it causes arousal. And, and is it, are these things that if you have a little bit, it helps, but if you have too much, a little bit like the beer, if you have too much, it's kind of a disaster? You know, I, I, I doubt there are any of these that you can overdo it with other than, say, nutmeg. That's on the list. And nutmeg is an hallucinogenic, and it's even fatal if you eat two whole nuts, which is, I think would be pretty difficult to do. But that was a big surprise how 
powerful nutmeg is as a, as a scent and as a seasoning. Um, and I also found out that Malcolm X would smoke nutmeg when he his pot stash ran low while he was in prison. I mean, so it's it's a very very powerful drug and also considered an aphrodisiac. So. You know, I, I called it in the book Mother's Little Helper because here it was sitting on the shelf all these years, and I liked the taste of it, but I didn't realize <laughs> that it had such a sordid history. So, you know, there's some really interesting things, you know, you learn about these kind of plants that you have. One of the other ones that the church was really frowned upon, when, and that's the tomato. They felt that um, it was just too sexy and um, just was going to cause people to be, you know, instead of, okay, this is what we're doing in the home, this is what we're going to do on the streets, because it was just such a powerful, sexy orb that the church at one point banned people from eating tomato. Oh. <laughs> and then and they learned that there's other than that, um, of course, you know, we all want something we can't have, right? So they probably... <laughs> didn't help their cause at all. Um, people probably wanted tomatoes more than ever. And, and, and another example, but it's not in the book, but it, it's a good example. I probably should have included it, and that was the potato. At one point, the potato was so rare and expensive that it was desirable. And it was sort of sort of like the Gucci effect, if you will. You know, you, you feel like, you know, you're rich and someone's bestowing this expensive food on you, like a caviar, say or back then a potato, then you you felt, you know, desirable. You know, somebody was, you know, going to this extra effort for me, so I must, you know, this is a good thing. And so it kind of builds up this um, receptivity that wouldn't otherwise be there. And we now know the potato doesn't really do anything for you. <laughs> I mean, other than, you know, it's a healthy food. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, I, I guess um, I know I mentioned um, the the southern wood, which is an artemisia, but you include absinthe, um, and that's another. It is another artemisia, um, and that that I always associate with the French. Uh, but I was under the impression that that had been banned. Is it making a comeback? Um, I mean, it's did. really it's easy to grow. <laughs> it did. It was banned. It was definitely banned and it is making a big comeback so um this is the aniseed or the anise and it's um right down to the leaves all parts of it uh, uh, contain an anisole which is a cause blood levels or blood um tension and causes arousal and then of course the absinthe which was just a sexy drink anyway and the whole procedure of it was considered sexy and then also elevated as far as uh, the potency of it and it is making a comeback and it's kind of very interesting but during the 20s I mean it got out of hand and they just said it's illegal and we're not going to we're not going to allow this but um, it's a it's a pricey drink and it's not for everybody but it is a very fun one to bring I think into the romantic realm yeah um and so i guess um can some of them may, maybe be consumed on their their own or, or do you presumably put put them into different uh, menus um and and that sort of with the quiet candlelight din dinner type atmosphere to enhance the the whole kit and caboodle yes and, and the book does also include some recipes but um so you always have to take the plant back 
into what category it's in, and I talk about it in each of the book. Like for the for, for the banana, asparagus is another example. Shape, it's definitely its shape. But um, you know, obviously, you and one of the reasons why people eat it with their fingers is because. It's, again, that's suggestive. Once you bring it a nice and fork to it, you know, all bets are off. <laughs> you know, it's no longer a sexy food. So it's usually served whole in spears, and then people can do with it what they want. But so, yes, um, you know, once you take it away from its shape, like the avocado, you know, we're not going to see it in pears. We're going to see it in a chopped up in a guacamole, but it's also very good for you. But if you were a playful romantic, you would keep the uh, you would keep the food in the form that makes it qualify as an aphrodisiac. So, if it's scent or if it's hormones, that it doesn't matter. Like, and that is based on hormones. It mimics hormones in plant hormones in the human body. So you could put that in any state at all. Arugula, of course, just being overall good health food, or any of the foods that are in good health. And the ones that are the heat, if if they're going to cause you to be put you in a receptive mode because it kind of heats the loins, then it doesn't really matter what form it's in. But the suggestion for shape is best stayed in the shape that and so that cause to yeah. be that way. So so I guess they they can't cancel each other out um if you if you mix these things together like like a chocolate strawberry or something like that with a banana they wouldn't kind of they they, they wouldn't cancel each other out or may, maybe lick- <laughs> I didn't see any evidence to that I have no personal experience so I can't answer that but I didn't see any evidence to it and I don't and I don't know why it would, unless it was something like the la- um, I mean, the um, licorice, where the root may cancel it out, but then you're eating good and plenty afterwards. So <laughs> it's really hard saying, um, you know, beyond the scope of just looking at those four main categories. So, yeah. So, so a lot, a lot of this really is kind, kind of, um, I guess, the suggestive mo- mode. Once you're in that frame of mind, um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, then, then, then you. You can feed, feed it with with, um, with these recipes uh, to to maybe help things along. Um, exactly, exactly. You know, newlywed couples or you know empty nesters trying to rekindle the flame. You know, when you when you make your carrots, leave them leave them whole. You know, don't chop them up to a thousand little pieces. <laughs> <laughs> It that sounds like we're going to play with the food, <laughs> yeah, <well>. so to speak. <laughs> I'm not going to touch that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I, I guess really, um, you you do have recipes in there. Um, what what are some of the, are these complex romantic recipes, or are they fairly simple ones that um, people that can't cook like me um, can actually do? Very simple. You know, we don't, we don't want to be a slave at the stove and then not have, you know, energy to have fun with the foods after it's over. So it's all very, very simple and probably nothing revolutionary, but um, like a lavender cookies. And it's just a sugar cookie base um, with lavender in it. So easy to make. And then there's asparagus and some granola recipes. Um, and using garlic, like roasted garlic. So very simple ways to get the food in your 
on your table and create the scent um, without taking up a lot of your time. Yeah, and and so so most of these are fa- fairly simple recipes. What about the the avocado? I know you made a dip um, out of the avocado. Um, is that yeah. fa- is that fairly easy to do without it getting all all black and yucky? Which I, when it's exposed to air, it does. It is, yeah. And you know, if you just put some um, citric acid on it, like a squeeze from a lemon, that that um, that really does help the decline. It doesn't. It's not going to save anything for the next day. Any kind of guacamole kind of dish is best served the day that it's made. Um, but you can uh, retard the um, oxidation process by about 24 hours if you, you know, put some lemon juice or lime juice on it. Um, but, you know, it is really something you want to make up that day. And it's very good. My friend um, Carolyn Binder with Cowlick. Uh, cottage farm contributed that recipe in the photo in the book so it's just a very simple combination of the, the guacamole and cilantro garlic uh, of course avocados and um, some tomato if you like it not if you don't though tomato is one of those foods that people either love it or they hate it have you ever noticed that oh i i love avocados um they're easy to um to prepare usually um but mm-hmm. yeah but put in i guess put in a few her- herbs in in them um i'm not a big fan of licorice but uh cilantro yeah i mean you could put and i always have gar- garlic in almost every meal i'm a big gar- yeah. garlic and onion fan <laughs> um, yeah but uh, well and i've been playing around with the avocado because i'm trying to figure out you know ways to get more in my diet that's non-conventional and i've discovered a couple really fun things one is just to use it like a pesto and a pasta. So um, if something happens, some kind of emulsion happens, and it is so unbelievably good. And this was all post-book, or I would have put this as a recipe in the book. I do have it on my blog, Gardening with Confidence, because I do write a weekly recipe of using using the plants with benefits. And what I discovered was is that you make an almost guacamole, so you would use the the garlic and the avocado and any other herbs that you want to add, but not necessarily tomatoes, although you could. <laughs> and then you just mix it with the hot tomato, I mean the hot pasta, and it um, it is absolutely delicious. Oh, and I, wow. I, 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 absolutely delicious. And so the next thing is, is I'm not a big um, greens eater. I, I grow I grow lettuce and greens, but mostly to feed my chickens. Um, my husband's a big salad eater, but I never really was, but I've been trying to get more greens in my diet. And I said, yeah, I wonder what it would be like to put a guacamole or use guacamole as a dressing on spring greens. And so I started doing that and now I'm a, now I'm a convert. So I can, oh. <laughs> I'm eating a lot more greens now, I guess, because I really love avocado. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, yes. And, you know, I, I think that that would be, be great. But, you know, we need to take our final commercial break here, uh, but come back everyone and listen to more about where you can find this great book, Plants with Benefits with Helen Yost. We will be right back. Quick Steaks, that's Q-U-I-K Steaks, are not just for surveyors. They are great for family and community gardens. Go online to www.quicksteak.com or contact your local land surveying supply dealer and get you a box of Quick Steaks. You'll love them every year when you plant your garden. Again, that's Quick Steaks, Q-U-I-K Steaks, the truly preferred way to stake and identify what's in your garden now. 
This is Michael Gano with Insight to Israel. Every day the Israeli Defense Force finds itself on the front line of the war with the militant arm of Islam. Surrounded by enemies from within and without, they fight for the only Jewish state. Military service is mandatory, ladies serving two years and men serving three right out of high school. While young people in other democracies are busy traveling or attending university, Israeli men and women gear up for basic training. In a world of heads of state, politicians, ambassadors, diplomats, and a leftist media, many times our voice at the grassroots level is drowned out. So we started an ongoing project called Hershey's for Heroes. Patriot conservatives from all over the U.S. are sending Hershey's chocolate bars with a note of thanks for defending Israel. Won't you join us by sending a sweet message to the IDF? For information, please see my Facebook page at Michael Gano. Thank you, God bless Patriot Conservatives, and God bless Israel in her struggle for sovereignty and security. This is Cheryl Linker, host of the Master Gardener Hour on America's Web Radio, Saturday morning at 11 o'clock. Join us as we keep things fun and interesting as we educate you in the world of master gardening. This is America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. I hope you're enjoying America's homegrown veggie show this morning. We have been talking with Helen Yost about her new book called Plants with Benefits and specifically the aphrodisiac type benefits. Um, And we've managed to keep reasonably focused through the program. Um, So, Helen, where can people find the book? It's out now, right? Yes, it is. And it's um, you can find it in Barnes & Noble and several... uh, indie bookstores and here in Raleigh it's at Quail Ridge. Um, also on Amazon or the Barnes and Noble online or any of the um, the indie bound um, websites. It's it's available there. And and would it be be classed um, almost as a um, I guess we wouldn't have to hide it from te- teenagers and things like that. But it, it's a pretty good read apart from the 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 the, um, the plant side. It's more it's got a lot of the histories and the uses traditionally as well as the, some practical recipes. Yes, indeed it does, and it it, it is not something that you're going to have to put under a brown paper wrapper or, you know, (laughs) Time magazine in front of or anything while you're sitting at the beach. It's really, really meant to be a fun, informative read and looking at the history and lore of plants and then the kind of the lengths that we went to to to, to procreate. But I also give plant information and growing tips if, if it is something that you can grow. Okay, um, and and if they wanted, um, I know you've got a, a website, uh, gardening with confidence, and that's all rolled into one, isn't it? Yeah, it is. That was my uh, first book, and it's it, how I operate my business is gardening with confidence. And um, gardening with confidence, the book Fifty Ways to Add Style and for Personal Creativity, is also found on Amazon, and that's the blog. But if you type in um, plants with benefits, I also own that URL, and it'll take you right there. And can they get the book through your website, or does the website just take you to the Amazon site? You can buy an autographed copy on my website, or just buy the book through Barnes and Noble, or uh, I mean Amazon or wherever. Okay. Um, and and do you do talks on on this subject and and the gardening with confidence sub- subject around the the area? You're, you're in the the Carolinas, right? I am, and I am I'm booking for you know, to do a book tour for next year. I'm going to be in um, La Jolla in, on December 11th for a garden talk there, and then in Sandy, San Diego in February for the uh, um, for this 
I guess it's the Southwest Horticultural Society meetings. Um, I'm going to be in Naples, Florida, at the Botanic Gardens in January. And I also I list um, where I'm speaking on my website, on the side. It talks about where I am. And, and in fact, I'll have this show on there. Oh. oh, well, that's great. Um, and uh, I, I guess if people go to your website, uh, does it have a blog attached to it where you talk? It is, um, it, it is a blog, and um, I, 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 it's all in one, and so you can purchase the book there. You can look at the recipes. I write about tri- uh, tips and tricks for gardening um, know-how. I write about garden talent, people that are in the industry, and, and these fine people that have introduced plants and are propagating plants and kind of are the backbone to the horticulture industry. Um, and I do a weekly recipe for plants and betterments. And I also do for my region, I, um, inspiration and a maintenance guide. And, and so people, if they wanted maybe to invite you, uh, to, to talk to their region or, or for, to their club or, or whatever, um, or event, uh, would, is there somewhere on the website where they can contact you? Yes, they can. And, and it's Helen at Gardening with Confidence, but they can contact me through the website. And I, I, I love traveling and I love speaking with, with groups. Oh, and I would imagine that this is going to be a really popular talk when people realize what it's about. It's not just um, the u- usual herb talk uh, with, with, with kind of a few bells and whistles um, on, on, on the end. Um, so I, I would imagine this is going to be re- really popular. Have you enjoyed writing it? Um, I mean, obviously, write, writing a book is a lot of work, but, but was it fun kind of talking to people and find, finding everything out? It was. It was a such a fun discovery, and I—it's I, I, one of my crowning moments in, in my writing career. And I, I enjoyed every minute of it, the whole process, and the discovery, and in finding the sources and verifying them, and going, "Oh my goodness, I had no idea." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, um, and I, and I guess when when you associate different plants with. Um, that um the 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 aphrodisiac um i it, it's got to be get get you to look at things slightly differently um not necessarily that you're expecting it to have an effect on you but then you can maybe observe it in other people <laughs> yeah that's well yeah that's that's a, yeah that's a good idea i hadn't really thought about that but yeah lion wait here tell me what do you think about this banana here, have some cayenne pepper and tell me what you want to do now. <laughs> you know, I, I, refer, I refer to Chocolat. Do you remember that movie with uh, uh, Johnny Depp and um, Juliet Bochet? Yeah. Um, and she was, uh, she was from, the, from the South America area. She was adding something to all her chocolate. And that really set me off on a journey to figure out what she was doing that made everybody fall in love. And of course, I now know that it's cayenne pepper. <laughs> so, but there aren't any actual recipes for love potions per se, right? So, yes, none per se. So maybe that's the second book. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I guess that 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 would be um, that 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 would be fun. Um, so, so there there is people can contact you through the web page if they want you for an event. Um, and I know your um, your your blog. Do you have pictures on it of some of these things that you um, that you make? Um, like the, yes, the... absolutely. It's filled with the final recipes and the plants themselves. Yes. 
And and so I, I guess um, there, there are 50 different plants in the book, is that right? Yeah, there's, there's actually 45, and um, plus recipes, and then there's champagne and red wine and honey, so they're not really plants per se, um, but they're all, of course, plant-based. And, and all of these have specific benefits, or do you have some that uh, were thought to have benefits that, that really don't in there? Um, I guess what, the example would be the tomato. So it um, doesn't really have any benefits, but certainly was talked about yeah. and banned because of presumed too many benefits. Uh, okay, so so, <laughs> so it was in, included as an honorary member, so to yeah, speak. Yes, <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm amazed actually that there, that there are as many as that uh, 45 that actually um, can be used that way. I mean, it, it will make you look at the supermarket in a whole different way. Oh yeah, you will be at the spice rack, and they'll go, "Excuse me, ma'am. Excuse me, it's time to go." <laughs> 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 so, so people, so people should be taking the book around to the supermarket when they're do, doing that romantic dinner. We take take the book and we'll see which, which effect we'd really like. <laughs> well, that's true. And you know, we're, I'm getting ready to have a party here locally where a chef did actually take the book and he's creating um, the catering meal based on um, plants in the book. And um, so we're going to be doing a book signing and a kind of, I guess, a love fest. Of um, of meals prepared with these um, plants, so it's, I'm really looking forward to that. I, I hope to be posting about it afterwards on the kind of things we put together. But I would love to see people all over the country having these parties where they based everything on um, the plants. <laughs> Just be careful who you invite. <laughs> <laughs> And and are, are you on social media as well? Can, kind of the um, the Facebooks and and um, Twitters and all those things. Yes, yes, I'm on um, Twitter as um, Helen Yo, and I have a gardening with confidence Facebook page and a, a plants with benefits Facebook page. Oh, it's and got its own page. Oh, great. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. We I, I'm very specific on what goes on each page, and there's lots of recipes that are on the plants with benefits and then also just kind of health benefits of, of the plants that are mentioned in the book. And then, of course, if it has any recipe, if there's any ingredient at all, I try and, and it looks like a great recipe, I, I try and share it to my readers. And, and do you try and keep them a little seasonal so people can maybe try them? Um, on, I on, do. Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah, um, and so so that that's on, under the Plants with Benefits on Facebook. Does it have a Pinterest page or anything like that? Um, all my Pinterest is Gardening with Confidence, and then I have a board that's um, Plants with Benefits, and then a second board that's Plants with Benefit Recipes. Ooh. So um, you know, so I just kind of you know, really bring in the plants themselves as I see great ones, and definitely pull in the recipes. And I'm always going to it saying, okay, what am I going to make now, so I can go ahead and verify it for the for a blog post. And and that's been a lot of fun. And my family has benefited from it because they're eating better now. <laughs> it's forcing me to make stuff. 
<laughs> so, so I, I guess if if, if somebody was go, going to maybe get started on um, using some of these, um, and they 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 were going to invite, invite um, a, a clo- close friend to for di- dinner, um, if we started with the avocado, what kind of um, plants would you use for the main course? And they do chocolate for the dessert, presumably. So, what what would we put in the middle of that? Oh well, let's do it. Let's do um, either a celery or almond soup, and it could be hot or cold. That would just be lovely. And a um, a quinoa. There's a quinoa recipe in there that uses garlic and 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 also um, tomatoes, and so you get you know, a nice summer salad. You know, again, you don't want a, anything heavy because the heaviness is coming later. And then, of course, you can have some nice red wine to relax the mood too much. Now, here you go, too much, and you are having the opposite effect. That's a clear example. Good point. You brought that up, and I didn't have an answer for you, but there it is right there. Yeah, well, so 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 red red wine is better than white wine for for an evening dinner, right? It it is, mm-hmm. and then champagne also is, um, you know, again part of that Gucci effect where oh, you're splurging on me, so you know I'm happy. <laughs> and and then maybe chocolate strawberries or chocolate bananas for dessert. Yeah, <laughs> to yeah. Run. it's not topped up, right? <laughs> yeah, actually, anything with chocolate works for dessert anything in my book. <laughs> probably right at the end of the show Helen um, it's been it's been a great show um, I've, I've really enjoyed it and I, I think it'll be a great book and I say very popular um, so th- thank you for sh- sharing some of these recipes with us or, or some of these ideas with us um, Oh, thank you, Kate. It's my pleasure. Yes. Okay. Okay, everybody. Um, I guess this is, you've been listening to America's Homegrown Veggie Show. Um, and I guess we'll be back next week with another show talking all about growing veggies. Have a good gardening week, everyone, and join me back here next Saturday.